Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites, and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Hey, welcome back to Ciao Bella. I'm here today with Giulia Prestia, the owner of Venturini Baldini, a winery in Emilia-Romagna producing organic Lambrusco and sparkling rosé wines. Welcome, Giulia. Hi, Erica. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm great. It's, it's a true pleasure to have you. I, I love Lambrusco and I love talking about Emilia-Romagna, so you might just be the perfect guest today. Thank you. I think that's a lovely share. Um, <laughs> So I'm more than happy to answer all, all of your questions and talk a bit more about Emilia Romagna and Lambusco and anything else. Well, you know, I want I really want to get into a little bit of the history and talk about your winery, but I did a little bit of research on you and your backstory is quite intriguing because you're not from Emilia Romagna and your background didn't start out in wine. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? That's right. Um, I'm actually Austrian. I come from a family that always had... Um, a great interest in wine. Um, so, so there is a bit of a connection with the wine world, but it's true. My, my background is, is, uh, is actually in finance and, um, and business. So I, I come from a completely different, different side. I've spent um, many years abroad, um, but I fell in love with an, with an Italian. So we, at one point we decided to come back to Italy and, um, and yes, and since then it's really, it is my, my home, my much loved home. And, um, especially Emilia Romagna has become, um, an area that I, uh, that I've, I've, I really consider home and I've fallen in love with it. Um, and well, can you I know, ask you a quick question? Yeah, go. Yeah. So Emilia Romagna is your home, but your husband, I know Giuseppe is from Palermo. That's right. That's right. Uh, he's from Palermo. Um, so he's from, we met, we met in, uh, in London many years ago and he, he has, um, um, worked in wine in Sicily already. So that's a little bit also the connection of how we ended up here. But, um, you know, we both, uh, discovered this area and, um, you can probably say we sort of meet in the middle, me being Austrian, <laughs> me being Sicilian, we ended up in the middle, <laughs> geographically speaking. That's, that's the perfect, it's like the crossroads right there in, in Emilia Romagna. So exactly, exactly where are you guys? If you can give us just a, you know, almost like a cartographical reference of where you are in Emilia Romagna. So we are, our, our province is Reggio Emilia. And we are just, just between, almost equidistance between Parma and Reggio Emilia. We're on the, uh, where the, the Apennine, the foothills of the Apennine start. We literally, when you come into our estate, um, the hills start and you go up from um, the flat land to about 450 meters um, in the Apennine. So um, there's a beautiful view from one of the top uh, parts of our estate where from on one side you see the whole flat land going all the way to the Alps. And on the other side, you see the the very soft hills of the, the what they call the the, the Tuscan Emilia Apennine, which is really one of the most beautiful hilly landscapes that I've seen. You know, it's so funny when you were describing that. Um, it reminded me a long not a long time a few years back. I was I was visiting um, a small manufacturer of prosciutto. I was in Parma, and he was talking about how one of the most important things when you make prosciutto is having the windows open because 
air comes in from the sea mm-hmm. and air comes in from the mountains. And I don't know why I found that like, like that, that combination of the aeration and how it has to come, how it has to be mountain air and sea air was like perfect to creating the perfect prosciutto. And, um, you know, it's so funny because I, I was in Parma, I was right around Parma and it's pretty flat. And I just really never, I never was able to kind of visualize that whole mountain aspect until you just described it. And it's, and it's true because when you, you know, and I realize when people come to us, it's almost like it's a hidden world in it. Once you pass the gate and you, you make your way up, literally up into the hills, um, people discover that there is a, it's almost like there's a whole world out there in Emilia, which the majority don't, uh, I mean, a lot of people know the area, obviously, but uh, often tourists associate only the flat land with it. And then there, um, you have this magnificent hillside, which is really, truly stunning. Have you ever heard of the expression? So I think, I, you know, a lot of people, Italy has 20 regions and Emilia-Romagna is one of the 20 regions, but Emilia-Romagna is actually kind of two entities put together. That's right. Yeah. And there's an expression in Italian that's, I'm going to probably, I hope I get it right. I'm going to translate it into English, which is that, you know, you're in Emilia if they offer you a glass of water. So if you go into a cafe and they offer you a glass of water, you know, you're in Emilia, but you know, you're in Romagna mm-hmm. if they offer you a glass of wine. Have you ever, have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> No, I haven't actually. I haven't. It's, I gotta, I, I, I'm going to check to make sure I didn't flip it, but it's like one of those really funny things that I've always, that, you know, I, I, I always thought was really charming too. Um, let's talk a little bit then, you know, now, now you've set the scene. We're, at, we're in the foothills, beautiful green, and we are at Venturi, Venturini Baldini. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of your wine estate? Sure. Venturini Baldini is really a historic estate in Emilia. And it's um, um, size-wise, we're about um, 300 acres or 130 um, hectares. Uh, you have to imagine it's like a bit like a, a, a Tuscan estate. So it, it goes on the hills. It has a lot of um, cypress-lined um, roads. It's, it's an organic estate. So it's, um, there, are, there are forests and lakes. And, and it's really, it's, which for me personally is very important, but it's a, it's a perfect um, ecosystem um, organic ecosystem that we try to remain keep as as little touched as possible. Um, so it dates back to the early 16th century, and used to be more um, for for most of the time it used to be a private residence for uh, the governors of Reggio Emilia and other noble families from the area. And in 1976, uh, husband and wife Venturini and Baldini founded the estate as a winery and they started to commercial commercially produce wine and um they i have to say we we today build on what they have what they have set in place and what they have um also with an amazing vision that um, already going back many years have started to 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 build because they um so they were they, they, they were organic to begin with they, they very early on became organic. So they started in 76, I think about uh, less than 10 years later, they were certified organic. So at the end of the 80s, um, which was um, one of the first wineries in, in Italy. I mean, go back to the 80s, not a lot of um, places were certified organic. So this was very visionary, very, I, I think also innovative. Um, they also um, started from the beginning to produce what we now called a new generation of Lambusco. So they, they, they went back, which actually Lambusco used to be like this. Lambusco used to be a dry wine, not an not a overly sweet wine. And 
um, Venturini and Baldini, when they, they started um, producing their wines, they, they immediately started with dry spumante as well. So using much longer fermentation methods. And again, using also what we what I described here as a more Tuscan type of um, estate with a manual harvest, um, much lower yield on the from the from the vineyards, uh, much higher selection of the grapes. So, um, so that's why I'm I'm grateful for what they have put in place because it's really it's a great base um, to start from. And in 2015, my husband and I, we literally fell in love with the estate. We fell in love with the opportunity of. Um, also promoting what we truly believe in a, an amazing Lambrusco, which which now I can see is really, there's a real renaissance of Lambrusco, um, to say so. And um, Venturini Baldini at that time had, you can call it a bit like a classic succession problem. So they, um, their children um, didn't want to continue the, the estate and um, couldn't continue. So um, when we came in, we, um, you know, there was a, a quite a bit of work to do to rejuvenate um, some of the, the estate, but also obviously with, with our enologist Carlo Ferrini, we, we um, relaunched to some extent um, the, the wines. We, we launched new wines, which then won us um, very interesting prices. So we've, you know, we, I feel like we have, we've done um, quite a, f a few things from 2015 and now we are, we, we see we have quite a stable place now at, um, so, um, yeah. So that's, I mean, I think you guys, you know, it sounds like you, you, you really did your research and found, you know, when people talk about passion projects, found something that really spoke to your passions of wine, of organic farming um, and organic winemaking. In, in our case, it is, um, we have both spumante and frizzante. So frizzante, you, you have different levels of, of bar um, in, the, in terms of pressure. Mm -hmm. um, but you also have different fermentation um, periods. So in our case, the, um, the spumante has, um, they're, they're both produced with shamat, which is in the steam tank. Um, and, uh, but for example, the spumante has a much longer fermentation period. So it, it goes up to about six months, while the frizzante or at least tends to have between two to three months of fermentation period. Um, the spumante that I referred to, which is Rubino del Cero, which Venturini Baldini created almost more than 30 years ago now, was also a return to a more elegant Lambrusco. So it is still known as one of the most, yeah, probably elegant um, versions of Lambrusco. Um, then our, our Frizzante, um, for example, Marquise Manodori is one of our most uh, uh, famous Frizzante Lambrusco. It's slightly more every day. So that's not a, um, it's not judging quality or anything. It's just a different appearance. Um, mm -hmm. and if that makes, if that makes sense. Now I have in front of me, but I'm not going to open it because it's a little too early, but I have the Cadalvento Lambrusco Spumante. Yes. Yeah. And that, that is in the Spumante world. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the Cadalvento for us is, uh, is very important. Cadalvento is very important. It's much love. It's, 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 it's a wine that um, you know we are very excited about, and um, again, which I said is is, is really important for us. Um, when we created the Cadelvento, it was um, again building a little bit on what we perceived as very innovative from from Venturini Baldini already, looking at our autochthonous grapes, but rethinking them in a 
in a way, if, if that explains it. So we used two different grapes that normally are not blended. It's Sobara, which you've referred to before, which is an mm-hmm. amazing grape. It's, an, it's a bit of a difficult grape, but it's an amazing grape. It's local to Modena, correct? Modena, exactly. So it, it's traditional from the Modena area. Um, it has a really beautiful acidity and, um, and it gives that a little bit more rosé colored. So it's a lighter colored um, Lambrusco wine. And we have blended it with Trasparossa, which is a more mellow and rounded grape. And the two of them for us create a very um, versatile, beautiful, autochthonous Lambrusco, which at the same time is though um, like a, it's, it goes a little bit also in the rosé trend. So we, we, we find that it's a really important wine for us for, for many reasons, not only because it is autochthonous, it is a strumented that builds on our, on our winemaking tradition, but also one that introduces a Lambrusco to people who maybe didn't think of getting a Lambrusco and also to open it up to completely different um, opportunities in terms of pairing. So you, you, you can use Lambrusco in a, in a different way without losing, um, like you're still true to your origins in, in, a, in a way. I, I don't know if I explained that correctly, but um, well, and to, it obviously to, it did. To, to the non-wine knowledgeable, which would be me, I, I don't have it. I, I only know what I like to drink. Um, you explained it really well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, it's, I think you can tell it's, um, it's really close to our heart because, um, you know, we obviously, we, we thought about it. It, it. I think it symbolizes really nicely our, our vision of what we're trying to create. We want to show the best of Emilian winemaking. So we have predominantly autochthonous grapes. We have a few international grapes, but predominantly indigenous autochthonous grapes. Um, it is important to continue that tradition of, of what, what, you know, what is really Emilian winemaking. So it's, I'm, I'm not trying to invent the wheel from something that has nothing to do with Emilia. So it's really important to stick to that. But at the same time, um, it's, it's very exciting to open up um, our area and show, show the diversity and show the variety also of what Emilia can offer which goes beyond what sometimes people perceive, you know, especially the, the, the sweeter Lambrusco, but it's, there is so much diversity out there. Um, there's so many different grape varieties. So that's, that is a really important point for us. And I think that that's why the Casavento fits really nicely in that, um, in that picture. You know, it's, it's funny, um, earlier before, before when we were just chatting, before we started the interview, I was telling you why I liked Emilia Romagna. And I said, you know, it's, it's got a lot of history, um, but it's got a lot of innovation and it has, you know, aside from the amazing food and the wonderful wines, you know, one of the, the most beautiful things for me about Emilia Romagna is there's, there are these historic villas and then these contemporary cities or not even, I wouldn't even call them contemporary cities. There's contemporary art centers. There's the whole automotive industry, autom- excuse me, automotive industry. Yeah. Um, you know, there, you know, Emilia Romagna is one of those it's, it, it, it is one of those best of Italy places that, you know, highlights a lot of the tradition and a lot of the innovation of Italy, which is what you're saying you're doing in the bottle. Um, so I think that's, that's, a, nice, that's a nice parallel. Um, you know, one of the things, I, so I, as, as you were talking, I was just thinking about a little research. I, I don't know if I mentioned this. My husband's an archaeologist um, with mm-hmm. a specialty in, in ancient Rome. And, um, you know, when, when he travels around Italy. He's really, he only looks at 
archaeology. <laughs> um, and, and, and for the good and the bad. And, and sometimes it's great because, you know, for example, like one of the things I, I, I didn't know that Lambrusco, the word actually comes from Vita Labrusca, yes. which is Latin for wild vine. And Virgil talked about it and Strabo wrote about it. Um, and they, they, I guess they identified this, this wild grapevine um, and that, you know, over two millennia ago. And that yes. is, you know, very, very deeply rooted in Emilia Romagna winemaking tradition. Absolutely. And, and when you look at um, how many varieties, because people, us included, we speak of Lambrusco as one category, but actually there are so many different Lambrusco grapes. I mean, I, I, I think there are 11 or 12, I'm, I'm not 100% sure I need to check my books, but um, we, we, have, we have already nine on the estate. So it's, Lambrusco is a big category because... Um, also in terms of wine, people know it as such, but then the individual grapes, there's so many different ones and there's, there's so many shades of Lambusco, not just in terms of coloring, but in terms of taste. And it's a, it's a really, I, I find it, it's a really exciting wine. It's also, it's so social and, and fun and, and good without being overly serious, right? And I think that's, um, that's what people like as well. It's, um, Oh, I, def I definitely agree. Now, you just, you said something. So you have nine different varieties of Lambrusco on your estate. But you mentioned that um, part, of, part of what you're doing, what you're continuing to do with Venturini Baldini is lower yields. So that means you're limiting the vines per hectare. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So it's the, the way we plant. And it's then also the selection um, during, the, during the harvest. So it's, uh, but it's, it's, it's already as a natural function of the hills, um, you have a much lower density of, um, of our planting. And um, so it, it's all, the, the, the reasons for this are sort of the, all the three. So it's the hills, it's the, it's the density of the planting, but it's also a, um, a deliberate selection of the grapes, obviously. You were saying So that to give you an idea, I don't know if that is interesting, but we have about... 80 quintali of yield, which uh, translates, I think, in 8,000 tons. And, um, and the typical big Lambusco estate um, um, in the flatland has about 300 per, per hectare. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. So that's the, just to give you an idea of the, of the proportion. Uh, yeah, that gives me a great idea of the proportion. Now, um, Quick question. I was just wondering, so was 2015 when you moved full-time to Italy or had you been living in Italy for some time? No, no, no. That's, um, we, we moved around that time. So um, before we lived, we lived in London up till then. So tell me a little bit about both, because, you, know, you know, Palermo and Emilia Romagna, so Northwestern Sicily versus Emilia Romagna, again, are two different, completely two different entities. You know, it's not, they might both be in the same country, but it's, they're worlds apart. Um, so both of you coming to Emilia Romagna, it was a completely new experience. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, how, how, how your wine adventure and how your Emilia Romagna adventure has been for these past five years. It's been busy. <laughs> it's been really busy. But um, no, I, I mean, honestly, I have to say a, a bit what you said as well before. Emilia is, is a very welcoming place. Um, uh, the amazing people here. Um, very hardworking, um, very innovative, um, lovely people, honestly. And we've had a, we ha we've really had a great welcome. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm cognizant of the fact that we are, 
we're a bit the, the, the new kids on the block in a way, right? Because neither of us is from here. But we've made real friendships. Um, we've, we've found um, really nice, amazing people to work with, but also to develop personal friendships. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been really a good welcome, I have to say. My husband, um, who, who works um, in a different field, but uh, still connected because he, he does a lot of um, food uh, related uh, work so he he spends a lot of time in Emilia given the strong focus on the food valley and uh, the food producing companies um, so he he's known Emilia a little bit from a different side but it's yeah it's 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 really an amazing place and I and I see the the opportunity and the potential also to make it grow and to make it also to introduce it to other people which um, maybe haven't discovered it yet because of obviously there's so much beauty in italy that um you know it's a, there's a whole country on on your plate but uh, emilia <laughs> has a lot on offer and 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 i'm i think i'm the first ambassador to to uh, start promoting this so tell me tell me what do you love about emilia tell me some of the things that if you were to say you know if you're if you're coming to visit and actually you know what we you know we're going to talk a little bit about coming to visit you but um Tell me what, what you would say that one would have to do, see, eat, experience. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know this also from your point of view, but Emilia has been a little less discovered, let's put it this way. Also because it's, you know, a, a big part of Emilia is a, is a, is a not, not industrial in a negative sense, but it's a producing area with, um, that uh, produces a lot of um, other things other than tourism. So it was not a traditional tourist area if I could say it like this. And, um, and in fact, I think it has remained very authentic and it offers um, a slightly slower, less inflated um, Italy because it is really where people live and work and, 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 and obviously then on, sort of on the back of, of the tradition which we see in so many places in Italy, um, it's the same for Emilia. There's a lot of tradition to offer, but at the same time, it has not become overly touristy. And I think that is something that people really appreciate a bit in connection with that slightly slower pace. So you have a lot of focus on food. You have very, very um, high excellence in, in, in terms of food production. And um, a lot of people are moving towards an organic production around us. So it's, um, I think the fo food is an integral part of, of the media. It's, it's probably the main reason why people think of it in the first place. But then again, <laughs> the, like you said, there's a lot of art. Um, Parma, Bologna, uh, Reggio Emilia as well, the Collezione Maramotti, for example. It's oh, that's really one of my favorite Modern art as well. Like I, I wouldn't want to leave out any of the cities. I mean, they really have, uh, there's a lot of history that... Um, that is to be discovered. The Moto Valley for anyone who wants, uh, I know my husband, he, he, he loves that part. Um, so I think the whole automotive um, industry that obviously is very exciting for a lot of people to visit as well. But, um, you know, it's also, it's, I think it has, it's, it has a very broad offering and, and, and I, I can, um, I, I really, I really see an increasing interest um, from abroad predominantly, but also in Italy, people are discovering it really as a, as a very interesting area to go to. 
I agree. And I think, I think people want, I know I love Bologna, I think, and I, and I love Parma, but I think people are finally, you know, really wanting to spread the tentacles, so to speak, and really get into the, the, the different aspects of Emilia Romagna. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of my favorite things is the train station in Reggio. Yeah. So there, it's it's that's uh, the Calatrava yeah. building. It looks like a dinosaur bone, like a, a dinosaur spine, sitting on the side of the highway. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. No, and that obviously has helped enormously. And you know, like you said, it's absolutely right. Like people, you know, you, we discover things one step after another. So um, Bologna has obviously, with its especially with its art history, but with the architecture, everything Bologna as it is. Has uh, has done an amazing job of introducing our our region to to tourists and 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 slowly I think people are also discovering the other parts and um, and and appreciate it. So, well, let's talk the Alta Velocità definitely helped. <laughs> the Alta Velocità helps. That that train station is just it's super cool. And I mean, also yeah. a lot of the little train. I mean, I'm a I am a train nerd, so I love visiting any train station. Let's talk a little bit about hospitality. You were, you were mentioning it, that people in Emilia Romagna are so, I mean, Italians in general have a beautiful reputation for being so welcoming and Emilia Romagna has its, and Emilia in particular has its own charm. Um, but I also know now that you are opening a beautiful, your, your estate as also, I guess, a, a B&B of sorts. Um, yes, you, that's right. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we have, um, as part of our, what I call rejuvenating of our estate, um, we've also created a, um, a luxury bed and breakfast. We have 11 rooms. And um, uh, maybe to give you a word of, for you to imagine, it's a bit like luxurious simplicity. So it's, we've, we, we renovated buildings that date back to the 17th century. So we've paid a lot of attention to, you know, maintaining the features, uh, respecting the the heritage and then in terms of the interior we've created something that um is is connected with what we're trying to do so we're in nature we're in an organic estate um again it's uh, it goes back quite a long time in history but it's still modern and um and you know open and, and friendly so we've played a lot with linen and natural fabrics and used modern versions of um, of traditional materials or traditional, for example, ceramics. So I'm, I I look forward to welcoming you. But I um, I, um, I can send you a few pictures. But I, I think I think it turned out really nicely. It's also it's almost like a, a world in itself. So people come here and they, it. You know, it's immersed in nature. It's immersed in in the winery. So you have to imagine you come here and you move all the way to the top level of of our estate, where you have the the villa of the Marchese Manodori, um, going back to the um, like the foundations go back to the 17th century. You have our our Acetaya, which is uh, one of the oldest in the region and the oldest. You in have an Acetaya. We do. We do. You didn't. The, wow. From the 17th century. Yes. Um, so you're making balsamico is, as well. Yes, we do. We, uh, do. we this, have a, a brand take, which is called Acetaya di Canossa. Do we have to take a pause here? Everybody, you need to understand <laughs> this is, you know, this That's isn't. Why I said I, I've been busy. <laughs> this isn't just uh, wine we're talking about. We're talking about liquid gold. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's called, it's called Acetaya di Canossa. Acetaya di Canossa, because our area is really the, the land of Canossa. 
Teddy di Canossa, of Matilde di Canossa, this mm-hmm. uh, very formidable duchess um, from the 10th century, 11th century. So um, we, our, our, is, our Acitaia is called Acitaia di Canossa, and we have, um, I've actually um, sort of relaunched the, the packaging last year, which um, has a whole range of balsamic condiments, and then obviously Aceto Balsamico Tradizionale, Um, and um, and condiments like balsamic pearls and um, balsamic yeah. pearls. Yeah. Wow, I've never heard of that. That oh my god. Now now I'm actually oh wow. Oh yes, I have heard of it. I never the perle. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, yes, I, I, I think you they're know, quite neat. They really it's also really cute for decoration. So it's uh, it's good. It's like two things in one, right? You have the taste and, and the, the, the visual appearance in one. I, I've, I mean, if, if uh, people who are familiar with my podcast, my listeners, they've, they've heard me talk about, I've, I've interviewed some people about Balsamico and um, I think everybody knows how precious and incredible. And, and to be honest, I will say life-changing two drops of Balsamico can be. <laughs> <laughs> when it's when it's when it's traditional i mean it's you know i'll make a frittata now and i'll just add two little drops and it's just boom changes all the life. difference i can't you know i can't eat um uh, uh vanilla ice cream anymore without balsamic <laughs> oh wow you are you it are. is delicious it is delicious because it gives you that that sweet and sour combination which i adore and it's uh, so vanilla ice cream next time you have a really nice vanilla ice cream just a few drops of oh, your balsamic gonna, vinegar it will make all the difference i'm gonna have to try that now so so the the acetaya you can visit it's it's on the estate correct yes yes that's right so the acetaya is in what i described to you earlier which is in this upper part of the estate where you have um our old villa and you have the outbuildings that we have already renovated to create um our our bed and breakfast and So it's really the, the whole idea is to create uh, what I call dimore emiliane, so um, a, a little borgo, a little a context where um, various buildings together um, create really a haven in nature, right? A haven in, of privacy. And the Acitaia is part of that. So it's in, again also in a building from the 17th century. We've been quite lucky because we had a, um, an earthquake. I think it was 2012. Yeah, and in nothing. And luckily, it, it, it remained completely. And so we lost two buildings, which one completely collapsed and the other one was really, really effect, affected. But the Acetaya miraculously didn't get affected at all. So it's, it is integral as it was. Um, we have never changed anything. So it's, it's really, it's a very beautiful, unique place. So it's open to the public. Um, and what we what we obviously offer, which is part of um, which is a main reason why people come, and also really important to us that all of our guests obviously have a tour of the of the winery of the of the Acetaia. They, they have a tasting tour of the wines. Um, so it's it, and then we you know often what we find is that people come for for a few days. They want to eat well, so we have a lot of beautiful, amazing restaurants in our area. Um, they want to visit um, other producers, um, either of uh, prosciutto or, or parmigiano. Mm. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's, a really, it's a really immersion in, in yeah, so in, in ex- exploring Emilian excellence is what, what Emilia has an offer, yeah. Eccellenza Emiliane, yeah, that sounds, it sounds beautiful and it also sounds delicious. Yeah. 
Now, speaking yeah. of delicious, you, you mentioned um, adding drops of, of, you know, you were talking balsamic and ice cream. That was lovely. I'm, you know, I, I figured that since, I hope by this point that, ev- that everybody's listening, they're, they're ready to buy that bottle of Lambrusco. I wanted to ask you, since I have my lovely bottle of Caldimento, um, what, what, sh- what, what should I have it with? What, what are, what are, you know, how, how are you pairing Lambrusco these days? So, um, it, I mean, it depends a little bit which one you're looking at, because what I said before is Lambrusco is actually incredibly versatile and, and different. So the Cadelvento that you have is a very delicate wine. It's fresh. It's, um, it has just the right level of acidity. Sapido is also, I don't know how to translate that in, in English, to be honest. Um, it's, uh, I don't know what, what the right word is, but it's, um, it's, it's very... Really tasty? Like, yeah, I guess, but it's... You will taste it and then you tell me what the right word is. But, um, <laughs> but it's very drinkable. But it's, so it's, it's both as a, obviously, as an aperitif, it works really nicely um, with all types of fish, um, uh, tartare, for example, tuna tartare, fish mm. dishes. But to be honest, I personally also like it with meat. It's, you know, looking at it in its very pale, it's very pale, it's very delicate, um, sparkling rosé. I think people maybe think that it doesn't work with meat, but it does because it has the lambrusco in it as well. It's not just a sparkling rosé. It has, it has that nice um, uh, taste of lambrusco that, you know, lambrusco is also loved for, with the acidity to, to balance out um, very tasty tasty dishes, uh, sometimes slightly fattier dishes. So it's traditionally, obviously, um, pasta, pasta bolognese, pasta, the, the lasagne, um, the meat dishes that um, Emilia Romagna has. So if you think of um, maybe abroad, you have a barbecue. Lambrusco is perfect with barbecue, but it's also, it goes really well also with spicier cuisines that be also outside of Europe or, or the States. So I'm thinking of an Indian cuisine or a Thai cuisine where sometimes you, you play a lot with spices and actually it's a nice um, sort of counterbalance to that as well. Um, so what you're saying is that Lambrusco goes well with everything. I think, I just think that we should just say that. <laughs> so it doesn't really that, matter. <laughs> no, you well, know, I think, um, I, what I think is, is amazing is that there's so many different types of wines and, and wine pairing is obviously is very interesting and exciting. And, and what, I, what I'm very pleased with is that Lambrusco is back to where I think it should be. So it's, today you, you decide to drink Lambrusco. The other day you prefer maybe um, a Sicilian white or a Primitivo. Or, so, you, you know, it, it's, there's, a, there's a big choice and, um, and it, it puts it back, back to be a serious wine in, you know, the way it is, not in its, uh, it's, it's recognized for what it is um, and, and not necessarily discounted per se, because this is what, this is part of the work that we still have to do, that we need to reintroduce it as, as a serious wine. But, but I think, you know, us and, and several other producers are, um, are producing wines that are absolutely um, back to that level. And, um, and I think people are discovering it. So they, 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 they see it in one day you, you drink something that is completely different and the other day it's a Lambrusco. So it really depends. Uh, you can 
but it's a very social happy wine, that's for sure. <laughs> I agree. Um, Julia, I'm so happy to, I, you're, I'm going to say something so cheesy, but you're, I'm so happy to speak with you and your love of Amelia is as effervescent you. as your wines. <laughs> and that Thank you. It, it bubbles over. And I think, you know, I, I, it's, it's a beautiful, your, your passion for making wine and your passion for the region that you're in is incredible. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to coming up and spending some time. I did not realize that your estate, Roncolo, um, 1888, was, I didn't realize how Emilia encompassing it was. It is really full immersion, Emilia. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think that's actually a great way of saying it. I should, uh, I'll copy that. You, you can, Love you that. Can, I'll give you the copyright. You can take that. Thank you. Thank you. I've just assumed the copyright. <laughs> okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about that off record. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure having you here. And thank Same you again here. for thank speaking you. about your wines. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. I, I hope I didn't blabber on. About uh, not my, at all. I know I can get very excited about this. But, um, but no, it was a real pleasure um, speaking to you. And I look forward to welcoming you very soon on your next trip to Emilia-Romagna. It will be sooner than you think. Now, before you go, I just want you to tell everybody where they can, what your website is and your Instagram so that they can follow along. Sure. Our Instagram is Venturini underscore Baldini. Then we have also an Instagram for both the, the hospitality and the Acetaya, and it's Roncolo1888 and Acetaya di Canossa, one word. And our website is venturinibaldini.it. I'm going to be sharing all of that in the podcast notes. So if you're familiar with with my podcast notes or not, at, you know, I usually at the inside the data on this, you'll see links to Venturini Baldini, to the Acetaya, to Roncolo 1888, to Giulia, and you'll also see links to the story I'm going to write about this. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Giulia. Thank you again. Thank you, Erica. It's a pleasure. Ciao tutti. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. If you'd like to know more about today's guest, please visit ciaobella.co and click on the podcast link or go directly to ciaobella.co backslash podcast. Want more Italy? You can find all my episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. When you have time, subscribe to iTunes and rate the podcast. What are you waiting for? And if you want to be part of the podcast, email me or DM me your Italy questions. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafierpo.com and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafierpo. Ciao, bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta and Dis to Dis Studios, the producers of Ciao Bella who continue to make me sound and feel great.